0: Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 188 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag live Ryan LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: What's up, what's up? Stoked to be in the studio on a nice Saturday night. I'm just stoked to stop raining out here in Southern California because us Californians, man, we were like, we didn't know what the heck was. We were crashing, slipping, sliding, you know. Little bit of little bit of rain, a little bit of sprinkling. No. <laughs> no. But um tonight I have um I have a good friend in studio and uh it's gonna be a sick show. He's a profession was a professional boxer, and now he runs a ministry. And um he's out of uh, where are you out of? Well, we're living in Knoxville now, from Atlanta originally. Okay, yeah. Ebo Elder. A lot of you guys know him. I know we're on a lot of Calvary stations. From uh, L.A. to New York City, so yeah. a, a lot of people know you. Yeah, you've been around. You've done evangelism. You've now you're writing a book. You got a lot of cool things going on. So, you know, if uh, if you have someone that has was into boxing or anything like that, we're gonna actually be having a cool story told tonight on the radio. So I would suggest right now you text them, tell them to tune in to live with Ryan Reese on our app at the Whosoevers app, or you just go to the Whosoevers website. This is a live video cast, so it is gonna be sick. But before we get to this story, I got to call my friend in Alan. He's out in New York City, and I know we're on stations through New Jersey, New York, and all up, upstate New York. We're going to be out there for a conference in a couple weeks. So I'm going to patch my boy in Alan from Calvary Chapel, Old Bridge, and we're going to hear a little bit about this conference because we want you guys to invite your friends, your family. Come one, come all. We want to pack the place. So let's go ahead and patch this in. Alan, are you in? You on the air? I'm in. You are in. You are plugged in. Hey, so I just heard you know Ebo. Yeah, definitely know Ebo. All right, he's in studio right now. So... Alan, what's up, man? What's up? How's it going? <laughs> so, Alan, we're coming out to your guys' church.
0: You are. Talk.
1: Tell us about this.
0: So it's called a Vertical Identity Conference. This is our fourth year. Um, kind of was birthed out of. The idea that a lot of people are doing conferences around your purity, you know, don't mess up, don't do any sins that will you'll reg- regret later, and uh, that's all the symptom stuff. And realizing that the core of the issue is the heart and idolatry, and you are finding your value in the person that you're with, not even so much the sin that you're doing, like the symptom, you know, but getting to the disease. Right. And so it became so wildly popular with having no-name bands, no-name speakers, and we still got like 800 kids to these outreaches. Um, So it was sick. And then last year, one of the highlights for me is um, a kid that grew up in our youth group, one of the kids that if you saw his stuff on Facebook, strung out on drugs, just into weird stuff, you would never think that this kid would ever come back to church, and he came, and he accepted Jesus. And it's amazing, and that's why we do it. So, we're excited to have you guys, Ryan, Austin, Carlisle, April fifth and sixth, Calvert Chapel, Old Bridge, in New Jersey. So, if you're listening and you live in the New Jersey, New York area, invite everybody now. Invite
1: everybody. You know, we're stoked to come out there, and I agree with you, man. It's uh, you know, I was just talking to my wife, or I can't remember. It was my wife or someone and we were talking about how people want to. Ha, get in front of these kids and, and tell them about the you know do's and don'ts, all these rules and regulations. But really, we just got to it's a heart issue, so we just got to address the heart. Let them know that God loves them, He has a plan for them, and if they can find their identity in Him, not rules and regulations, but in a relationship with the God of the universe, and He reveals Himself to you, well, dude, right there, everything changes. If the God of the universe encounters you and and basically fills you with his Holy Spirit and you understand that he is real and you encounter his love and then he starts to lay out his plan for you, you're never going to go back. You're going to slip up here and there because we all make mistakes as we're all sinners saved by grace. But literally, if we, we can find our identity in God and know that he exists, that's when everything changes. And then you don't have to worry about all the do's and don'ts and the you know, sleeping with girls and the pornography and all that stuff because if you love God, you're going to do everything in your power to follow him and not go down that route. So I am stoked to be a part of this um, conference. And you know, if you guys don't know, if you're listening, you got Austin Carlisle, who's the lead singer of uh, the band of Mice and Men. He's toured, Warped Tour for years and years. I mean, they, he's toured with some of the biggest rock bands right before he stepped down because of his health, he was on tour with Slipknot and Marilyn Manson and Korn and uh, and, their, and their band. So he's uh, he's no stranger. He, uh, he definitely has a – he's a millennial himself, and he definitely has a voice with this younger generation. He just came out with the I Am Second film not too long ago. It just got released, so you can check that out. But he will be out there, so this is going to be an awesome opportunity to invite people that would um, never go to church. Maybe because he has such a large reach, there's a lot of youngsters that do know of him, so bring them. This will be a great opportunity to say, hey, the the former lead singer, of a Meisman, Austin Carlisle, is going to be hanging out in New Jersey at this event so they can invite their friends and their friends. And this will be a rad night for them to come in and and hear the gospel in a cool way and uh, then just see what happens. And I'll be there, too. So it's just going to be awesome, man. And, you know, a lot of you guys know that we do tour the public high school system uh, year round um, around the world now. But we've um, we're actually heading out there. We're going to be hitting some schools. Hitting some churches and um, just being at this conference, so I'm I'm also excited to to be able to come and hang out and hear the stories, just hear the stories of what's going on in, in these guys and girls' hearts and their minds and what they want to do, and hopefully um God not, I don't it's hopefully God will encounter God's gonna encounter them when we're out there, and I'm excited to be a part. So hey, uh, what what website can people go to to find out the details?
0: They can go to tiny.cc slash vertical identity.
1: Find the details, come out, hang out. It's two days, right?
0: Yep, Friday and Saturday, April 5th and
1: 6th. It's going to be on. All right, man. Well, thank you very much, man. I'm stoked you got married. That's awesome. Get to meet your wife and all that good stuff. Miracle. Miracle. That's, that's, That's a story for another time. It is. It is, man. That's awesome. All
0: right, guys. Thanks a lot.
1: All right, brother. I love you, man. I'll see you soon.
0: Same. Peace.
1: All right. All right, man. That's great, man. Is that cool? Uh, love Alan. What a what a good brother, man. Love him. I know, man. So I went out there and I was on this little tour, and uh, or I was out there for the Bridge Fest. You know, they do that every year. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, man. You know, thinking about getting married. Or yeah, uh, no, he's like, I like this girl. I'm like, Cool, cool. Where's she at? So he tells me the whole story. See her. And then next thing you know, I get a, you know, I think I got a text or I saw a photo. He's getting engaged. It was just like, bam, it was like quick. Quick. You know, but once you know, once you, you know, know she's the one. You know. You just do it. That's right. So this is my question, Ebo elder. What the heck have you been up to? When's
2: the last Man. time I seen you? Man, last time I saw you. Well, we've seen each other here and there. Yeah. But the last time. We, we kicked it. When's the last time we kicked yeah, it? Yeah, dude, that was, um, uh. January, uh, February of two thousand, I think ten, at the uh, Packing House Redlands Men's Conference, with the guy, the Navy Seal guy. We had Sonny there, Brian Broderson.
1: Oh my! Remember gosh. I mean, that was That's like hilarious. ages Dang. ago, man. Two thousand. Okay, because so we did. We were over there for a few different events at the Packing House. Yeah. Was there a young kid there named? Um... Trevor during that one, or maybe that was another event. Yeah,
2: I think it was a different event. Man, that was a long time yeah. ago. know so, Sonny and the Navy SEAL guy. Uh, what's his name?
1: I can't even remember.
2: Yeah. The Navy SEAL guy, Sonny, yeah. and Brian Broderson, and a couple other guys. But yeah, man. Uh, because then we were all at a pastor's conference too, though. Yeah, yeah, man. It, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah. when you travel and speak. And, but you
1: when, you, when you were doing that, at that time, you were touring around telling your story.
2: yeah Yeah, you know um sharing the story of my my marriage reconciliation our remarriage you know we were divorced for two years and just how god repaired a marriage restored a marriage and um and, you know, and as I go back to places, I, I love teaching the Bible. Yeah. Uh, I've got other other testimony-based messages I share, you know, yeah. many of them birthed out of boxing matches, oddly enough.
1: Yeah, perfect.
2: Yeah, I mean, God used my career, uh, you know, uh, not only to get a platform for ministry, but to instruct me in his ways and teach me his word. Mm-hmm. And he did it through boxing matches, and, you know, people find that a bit odd. Um, I, I think we have to remind people sometimes the Apostle Paul is a boxing fan. hmm uh, boxing began that. in Rome 3,000 years ago. By the time Paul made it to Rome, uh, that city was a mecca of the of the sport of boxing. And uh, that's why Paul would liken our spiritual walk to that of a boxing match, telling young Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And he would say, you know, I don't, I don't shadow box like a boxer punches the air, but I live my life with intention and purpose and intentionality, you know. So Paul's a boxing fan. Um, so, yeah,
1: he used my career, man. Yeah. And then when I when so you were doing that, but then also during that time, like we just kind of disappeared. I think I started touring and you started, you were touring or you moved to another church or something.
2: Yeah. You know man, You were kind of moving around for a while, right? Yeah. We we lived in Georgia for a while, uh, served on staff at Calvary Chapel Heartland, uh, moved to LA, uh, served on staff at Calvary Chapel La Habra. Oh, no way. Yeah. And then back in 2013, we moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. I was on staff at Calvary Chapel Knoxville for about four years. So, you know, when you're on staff at a church, you know, I had a lot of responsibility, a lot of things going on at Calvary Knoxville. And um, that limited my ability to, to travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, about two years ago, um, for a lot of reasons we could go into and probably be a beneficial thing to do. But yeah. I-, I knew it was time to step out of ministry. I had some counsel from uh, a couple really important people in my life and my wife as well, <laughs> the, the most important person in my life. Yep. To, uh, to take some time out of ministry. Uh, your ministry at that time became, I would say ministry became my God, you know, and I needed some time to just kind of refocus my, my life around the most important thing, and that's a relationship with Jesus, man. And uh, in doing that, the Lord, about a year after we decided to kind of step out and just seek the Lord, um, about a year later, the Lord clearly led us back into ministry And to be honest, man, the last year or so has been the most fruitful ministry of my life. And I think it's God just rewarding getting our focus back on the thing that really matters, and that's our relationship with him.
1: 100%. Yeah. Dude, this is, okay, this is going to be awesome. I I can't wait to hear this whole story because, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, and myself, I'm in full-time ministry, and it could get very easily, you could um, you get derailed or sidetracked. Yeah. Maybe God sometimes wants you just to step down or maybe he wants you, you know, get more into it. So there's, there's different, there's different, um, views of the ministry, but let's, let's, so, and you have a book coming out too right now. Yeah. Right? yes, yeah, It's okay. my autobiography. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so
2: I, uh, back in 2008, I was on a, a cruise with Cabbage Chapel Old Bridge called a cruise to the Caribbean. Although we were going to Bermuda, it's interesting. It's not mm-hmm. in the Caribbean, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Lloyd Pulley, he's a, Got a good tongue-in-cheek joke there. But anyway, so we're uh, we're heading out to Bermuda, and I'm one of the speakers on this cruise. And um, I met a guy named Stuart Migden. He had recently written a book, um, um, Jesus Take the Wheel, Seven Keys to a Transform Life in Christ. And um, he's telling me about this book he wrote. And I had been in ministry at that point about a, almost two years. Okay. Very green. Yeah. And look, when our ministry started, I knew nothing about nothing. I could tell you some funny stories there. But um, he tells me about this book, and um, and I had been sharing my story for almost two years, and seeing God just impact lives and give people hope, man, and hope that you know they can have a great comeback in their life. Yep. And uh, I just this desire sort of welling up in me. Hey, man, I got to write a book. So I tell Stuart right there on the cruise. I say, Well, man, I'm going to write a book. He goes, You got a plan? I said, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to go home and I'm going to write every day. All day, and I'll have it done by Christmas. And he yeah. goes, "Yeah, writing a book's pretty hard." And you know, I'm thinking, who is this guy? Ernest Hemingway or something? You know, he, you know, what does he know? And uh, sure enough, uh, it took me about ten years to write. Ten years. Ten years. Look, I've I've put more into this book than my entire boxing career, than than anything else in my life. <laughs> yeah. This book has been the most difficult thing I've ever done. And because it's an autobiography, man, I'm digging up things in my past that yeah. were, you know, painful, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, uh, childhood you know, abuse and just manipulation and just uh, control. And and then, you know, through my teens and my dating, my high school sweetheart, getting married at 18, divorced, two years of divorce, just a wrecked and you know, just some difficult things. So digging all that up has been tough. But um, but I know this book is going to give hope to people uh that that you know they can come back from depression they can come back from divorce they can come back from defeat they can
1: come back from bankrupt you know whatever, whatever. god has a great comeback in store for them 100 percent. all right well you're listening to ebo elder um okay well let's let's give some people some of this taste of this story so they can get out and, and get this book yeah. so so you grew up where
2: yeah, I grew up in uh, near Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, my dad, he uh, he always wanted a, a son that would fight, uh, wanted Wanted a son. Didn't think he could have any more children after my sister was born seven years earlier. Um, but, uh, but lo and behold, I, I, I came into the world, man. And when I did, uh, I had tons of problems, complications at my birth, uh, no soft spot like babies have. So doctors had to perform a rare surgery, and they told my dad that, Um, they weren't sure if it would be successful. But if I lived through it, I could never play contact sports. Really? Yeah. Wow. And um, my dad's been wanting to break rules his whole life. So three years old, soon as I could stand up well, he put gloves on me and started teaching me to box. No way. uh, Yeah. And, you know, so um, childhood was tough, man. Um, My dad wanted me to be a champion badly, so he spent a lot of time you know, uh, just you know, pouring into me, teaching me how to fight, making me fearless. But um, but I dealt with a lot of abuse uh, from him and just uh, control during, during that during that training time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it started you know the very earliest years I can remember, and went to a you know a early adulthood. Mm. And it came a time, you know, a very difficult time that I just had to um. Yeah, uh, you know, Matthew eighteen, how to handle when a, a brother sins against you. Yeah. You go to him, you make your you know, uh appeal. Anyway, I went through that and just um anyway, so a lot of a lot of things growing up, man. Just doing manipulation and pressure and just control and uh and my dad, you know, I had a uh uh no fuse when it comes to anger. And um so we dealt with a lot going on, man, and it was it was crazy. Early years were crazy. When did you, uh, so what,
1: what year did you get into boxing? Was it like high school or, or even earlier? Well,
2: you know, I, I started learning the sport at, at three, three you yeah, know, but... five years old. I told my pre K teacher, I want to yeah. be a championship boxer. You know, it was just ingrained in me. You're gonna be yeah. a fighter, yeah. and then I was gonna be on every Wheaties box in America, and you yeah. know, so on and so forth. Yeah, um, for sure. That's the dreams. Yeah, and so I was a little boy dreaming of it, and, yeah, uh, but I, my first actual fight was at 10 years old. Uh, Georgia State Golden Gloves. I so you were dream. in it, dude. That's All sick, right. yeah. And you know, I um, I trained to win, but I never trained to lose, yeah. I never prepared to lose. I, 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 I feared failure so much. I struggled with fail, failure because you know, it was ingrained in me to earn approval through accomplishment, and then if I wasn't the champion, if I didn't win the fight, if I didn't accomplished the task we were going after that I was I was a failure yep. and I felt that
1: that's heavy at 10
2: yeah man it's heavy so I, I go into the ring and lo, lo and behold we didn't know it at the time but I fought a guy with 42 fights my first fight his 43rd fight he was the reigning national champion uh in the silver gloves where you can start at eight years old and I fought Troy Goodman for three one-minute rounds. It was a it was a war like no other war. <laughs> I bet <laughs> Two year ten-year-olds just going at it, and um, but I lost the fight, and it crushed me, bro. It crushed me. I, I go back to my seat. I remember vividly. I go back to my seat, and I was just horrified that I had let everybody down. All my neighbors that came, my parents, my everyone's friends. there. Yeah, I, I failed everybody. I was a failure. And uh, and you know I, my identity was based upon what I did, yes. not who I was in Christ. Yes. I didn't know that yet. Yeah. So I was I was crushed, man. I remember Evander Holyfield was there. Uh, what? He was the reigning cruiserweight world champion on the verge of a world title. Wow. Um, he came over and sat me on his lap, and he's sitting there holding me, and I, he can tell I'm just destroyed. Yes. And he says, he says, Ebo. He says, I lost my first four fights, and it crushed me. But my mama said, I told my mama I wanted to quit, and my mama said, uh, I won't let you quit until you win a fight. And then when you win one, you, then can, you, can, quit. Yes, Dude, right. you can quit. the Dude, that's actually pretty yeah, <laughs> And Yeah, and, and, and I looked at Evander, and, uh, and, and I was given this hope that this world, this champion had also lost, yeah. you know. Huh. And I looked at him, I said, Evander, I said, you know, Mr. Holyfield, I'll be back in two weeks. Well, two weeks turned into two years. No way. I was crushed, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was paralyzed by fear of failure. And, uh, and I just, man, I felt like such a, just no better term than failure. Yeah. So I was out of it for two years. Evander wins the world heavyweight championship two years later, or a year and a half later. I remember we had a parade for him in Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, I knew we couldn't miss the parade. It's painful. I I never spoke of boxing again after that fight.
1: Yeah, you probably didn't want to see it didn't or see yeah, it. You just get it, want away. Hear
2: it. Just yeah. keep it away from me. And then when Evander won the title, there's that parade, and I said, "Man, we we got to go." So me and my dad went. And we're sitting there, and we watched him go by, and he saw us, and he pointed at us, and he goes, "He goes, Ebo!" And uh, I just remember I was just blown away that that Evander, you know, remembered me, and it was crazy, and um. I looked at my dad and I said, can we go to the gym? I'm ready. And that fired you up. And that fired me up, man. You know, I, saw, I saw a man that overcame huge odds as a small heavyweight to win the world heavyweight title. And yeah. A man that, you know, worked hard and prepared and, 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 and was rewarded in it, you know. Yeah. So that's when I, I got back into it. Well, the book already sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's a good one, <laughs> man. It's a great story. It's
1: a good one. Okay, so then uh, when would you end up meeting uh, your wife?
2: Yeah, so uh, my wife and I actually knew each other in elementary school. First, second, third, and fourth grade. Um, You guys are old school. Yeah, old school, man, going way back. Uh, And then uh, first day of 10th grade, I didn't see her during middle school or ninth grade. But uh, first day of 10th grade, I was sitting in geometry class, and uh, she walks in, and uh, when she walked in, man, I don't know what it was. I you know, I don't know if it was Tractor Bean. Love at first sight, lust at first sight, whatever. A little bit of both. A little bit it's of all both. Good. That's right. Probably more <laughs> lust at first sight. But
1: uh,
2: yeah, I was like, man, I, I I told the guy next to me to get out of that seat or I'll I'll throw him out of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he comes in and sits down next to me and uh you yeah, know, we started talking and dating soon after that. Um dated all through high school, went to both proms. All together. high school. Yeah. Boy. I mean, but man, we had Dude, we had a rocky relationship. I mean, it yeah. was it was on again, off again. You've seen um the notebook, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That
2: that that movie, the notebook. I know but I, oh, yeah, I yeah, it but yeah,
1: yeah. it's a good If I saw clip. it, I wouldn't say I said it on air either. So. <laughs> yeah, you know I just took it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm into a good chick flick, I guess. <laughs> but um yeah, just like that couple, man. We yeah. were just you know, um and you know, I'll tell you what happened for six months. You know, Amy. Amy remained pure, and I, you know, my my heart was far from pure, but um, but the about six months into our relationship, we allowed sexual sin into our relationship. And you know, her dad was a Baptist pastor. I knew the gospel. We knew God had a call. Okay, I didn't know that. We knew it. Got it. Um, and uh, when we allowed sin into our life, you know, sexual sin into our relationship, it just opened the door for the enemy. You know, God God doesn't want to control. always does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, God doesn't want to control us. He doesn't want to take the fun out of life. He wants to protect us and yeah. to bless us and have favor upon us. And and man, it just it it, it ruined our relationship. And um, you know, the Bible says that Satan is the author of confusion. Yeah. And um, I could have never put a finger on what happened. Because it made no sense. You know, it was one day it was a, a, a beautiful friendship, a relationship that was great. Yeah. And the next day, it just started falling apart. And it, it really made no sense. And when you can't put a finger on what it is, that means it's it's spiritual. It's right. a spiritual thing. And um, it just fell apart, man. Yeah, it fell apart. So what, how old are you at this point? Uh, Well, uh, all through high school. At, at yeah. that point, we were... Uh, Sixteen, 16 so you guys
1: just separated for a while.
2: Well, we we were
1: together all through high school, on yeah. and
2: off. You know, oh, on, oh, so off. just
1: kept going back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. That's man. those crazy relationships always end up like that, back and it forth. Was it's never right. It was nuts. I mean, it was br-
2: more brutal than any boxing match I've ever been in. And uh, I mean, I,
1: yeah, you girl, know how it is. But, yeah, girls can do that to you.
2: Yeah, and you, know, Amy's a fighter, man. She's a she's a fighter, probably more than me. You know, but um, so yeah, three weeks after high school graduation, we thought. You know we knew our relationship was a wreck we knew um there were tons of problems I you know I knew we weren't ready to get married but we thought when we get married it'll fix everything I've heard that a yeah, lot it's crazy you know you think two hey, wrongs don't make a right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy you know if anything marriage magnifies problems
1: yes it does I yeah, know It's true yeah, yeah because I mean you're together then you, know, you got the kids you got the house you know all these the, the all responsibilities the responsibilities of yes, life you add it all into one yeah you know what and this, this is just for the listeners seriously if you're in this situation right now and you know things aren't good marriage is not gonna fix the problem it's just like i've even heard stories where like the marriage isn't good and they're like we're just gonna have a kid that's gonna fix yeah, the problem it, i'm like are you kidding me right now doesn't work like get don't get married get counsel go to your local church they have free uh counsel there. At least at Calvary Chapels they do, you can go there, they can counsel you. Yeah. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, and a broken
2: people, you know, man, you, you got to get your relationship with the Lord right, man. The the, the guy, the girl, get the relationship with yeah. the Lord right, yep. and then you can uh you won't complete one another, but you'll complement each other. Yeah. You know, and that's that's all a, a human can do for another person anyway.
1: 100%. So,
2: you know, but we thought we were the answer to each other. She's gonna, she's gonna complete me. I'm gonna complete her, and we, that's kind of the way we went into it. And granted, uh, Jerry Maguire was our our movie, man. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you remember that movie. It was uh, like 1995. It, yeah. Tom Cruise, uh, Renee Zellweger. Not that old, actually. Yeah, I know, I'm just
1: joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm as old. as hell old you? I've just turned 40. Okay, I'm old. Actually, three years older.
2: Are you? Yeah, I definitely. didn't know that. I thought you were younger. No. That, that makes me feel good. Very immature, though. <laughs> very. <laughs> yeah, me too. My daughters tell me I act about twenty. You know, yep.
0: that's what but it is. Uh,
2: but you remember in that movie they said, "Hey, you complete me." And that's the problem, man. When when we start thinking our our spouse can complete us, they never will. The Bible says Colossians two says that we are complete in Christ. Yep. that's it, man. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, a spouse can compliment you, a friend can compliment you, but uh, but uh, but only your Creator can complete you. And we look to one another to complete us, and we get married. And you know, we had opened the door long before that to to our enemy to get into our relationship. And man, a year and a half later, it it was it was the most difficult year and a half of either of our lives. And a year and a half later, Amy filed for divorce, and it was over. And um, you know, I, you know, um, it it was a hard hard time, hard season.
1: And how? You, and so, are you box? You're still boxing at this time?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean. It's hard You're to trying keep, to get your head straight. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to keep anything in your life going well yeah. when your life is chaos. Yep. And, and that's what it was all those years. And, you know, I, mean, I had seasons of, of great success. You know, uh, 1998, I'd been married for a year. Um, I fought in the Goodwill Games at Madison Square Gardens on HBO, won a silver medal, uh, number two ranked amateur in the world. Sick. It's big stuff. Big stuff. But, you know, you can't maintain world-class performance when your life's a wreck.
1: Yep. And it was. Um. When your house is a wreck, when it, it's, you go home, it's all messed up. And you're trying to focus out on, you know, yeah. your success and all that. There's no way. Yeah. So we, um, um, we got
2: divorced, uh, man, I, I recognized at that moment in my life, man, I saw, you know, was Blaise Pascal. He's a French philosopher from the 1600s. Uh, he said, every human being has a God shaped void in their heart. And, uh, and I saw, I saw a void. Um, I thought drugs could fill it, you know, Cocaine, meth, ecstasy, you know, whatever. Um, I thought alcohol could fill it. Uh, you know, I thought women could fill it temporarily till I got Amy back. And, uh, man, the more I lived a worldly life, the bigger the void got. And the more miserable I became, the more hopeless I was. And, you know, that was about two years, man, two years of our divorce.
1: And those those things do fill for a little bit. It's temporary. Yeah, I mean, you, you're like, you feel this emptiness, you smoke a joint, and you're like, oh. Feel great for like an hour, and then once it starts wearing off, you gotta smoke again to fill it. Drink more. Use you know, girls it's just like, yeah, and then you temporary. got consequences. Yeah, big but consequences. oh yeah, you get so many consequences, and then the one girl's not enough, or the 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 weed's not enough, then you gotta go to coke, or you know, it's just like everything just grows. That's why that void, yeah. that hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know,
2: I I'm thankful that God allowed it to get bigger. You know, because. I know a few people. If I, you know, I can I can think of a few people off the top that they've got enough band aids to cover a mortal wound. You know, they keep mm. putting a band aid on it, keep putting a band aid, and they never run out of band aids. And that's we a have, bad we place. Have, to we be. have one one minute left. So, yeah. so you know, um, I ran out of band aids, and uh, the drugs didn't satisfy. The alcohol didn't satisfy. The women didn't satisfy. The accomplishment, the world ranking didn't satisfy. The money didn't satisfy. And uh, I got on my knees in my living room one night, and I cried out. But not to Jesus. I cried. I mean, if I, if I could just get Amy back into my life. <laughs> and I found her uh, that night. She refused to even see me, wanted nothing to do with me, told me to go home and get out of her life. And I sat on the side of my bed. And we probably ought to pick up in a moment with the rest of this. Yeah. But i want to cut it short. Okay. But, um, yeah, man, anybody listening on the radio tonight, you might be going after this or that. It'll never satisfy, man. Uh, Jesus Christ, a relationship with our creator is the only thing I'm convinced it can satisfy.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. No, you know what? This the story is very relatable, and I guarantee you there is many, many people. How many people are like chasing after that girl yeah. or the success and, that are caught up in the drugs and the alcohol? So relatable. So when we come back in two minutes, we're going to finish up the story.
0: More Live with Ryan Reese coming no, up. No. Is everything all right? Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now back to live with Ryan Reese. Don't say ah! anymore, yeah. Loud noises.
1: What up? I got my boy Ebo Elder in studio. He's a former uh, professional boxer. He has a book coming out called The Great Comeback, and just the stories we've been talking about at the front end of the of the show have been epic. If you want to get the past show, you could just download the Whosoevers app. All of our past shows, this show will be up there and much much more. And we got some sick product too if you want to buy the product. And you know all the all the proceeds go to us funding our high school tour. That's how we uh that's how we get into schools. We have to buy pizza for the kids, you know. We're doing these lunchtime assemblies. Yeah. Kids are getting saved. It's sick. Awesome. Loving it. All right, man. So right before the break, Ebo, you were just at this place where you were you want some um yeah, yeah, belt at, at Madison Square Gardens. Yeah, so so basically, I I was uh I was trying. I thought if I could get
2: my wife back, you know, if I could get my my ex wife at that time. Two but years, you had everything. Yet,
1: I mean, you were at yeah. the t- not you at the top of your game at this point.
2: Yeah, you know, I had um I was twenty years old. Yeah, I had a brand new brand new sports car, brand new house, brand new truck. Uh, just uh, won a silver medal in Goodwill Games. Number two ranked amateur in the world um i had 60 grand in the bank at 20 years old that's what i'm saying you're at the top of your game right there yeah at that moment everybody thought i had you know had the, the a great life yeah but man i, I hated my life and um so I, you know I, I was going after everything but jesus and I, I hated my life i was miserable i was hopeless and um and that one night man i said if i could get amy back into my life my ex-wife if i can get her back that'll be enough and and uh that failed miserably she wanted nothing to do with me, and I went home and I sat on the side of my bed. I'm sitting there, analyzing all the dreams I had. Dreams of, you know, boxing success, but I didn't even have motivation to fight ever again. I was done. I just I. I couldn't do anything. You had everything. You were just over it. Yeah, man. Yeah. It didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Um, belts, titles, championships. It, it meant nothing, and um, I, I almost hated them. I hated. I hated my boxing success because it failed me. Yeah. You know, I thought it would make me happy. Yeah. But it didn't. and um and I, i'm uh, I'm sitting on the side of my bed analyzing my life, the dreams I had in boxing, the dreams I had as a, a marriage. I wanted to be a good husband. yeah, I really did, man. And there's a lot of people probably listening tonight they they want to be a good husband. they want to be a a, a good, godly wife, but I tried to do it in my own ability, my own strength, and i I failed and uh and uh, so I'm sitting there and uh thinking about the kids, man, we picked out the names for our children in high school, Dang. and I'm imagining you know, taking them to a playground how, how, how
1: many names did you pick?
2: uh we we had a lot of names yeah, yeah, okay. but, you know so we, we didn't use all of them, uh, but uh yeah. but I'm sitting there and uh, I knew those kids would never exist, man i, I knew they were just a a, a pipe dream gone yeah. bad, yep, yeah. and I I really wanted to die. So I, I reached in my nightstand. I had a, a 40 caliber Glock in my nightstand Dang. and I, I put it to my head. I'm sitting there with it to my head and I was ready to end it, man. And I started, I, I pulled the sa- uh, trigger safety and it yep. was about to go off. And I heard a, a small, still voice. And as clearly as more clearly than we're talking right, right yeah. now, uh, I knew it was God. And he said, if you don't quit. I'll do what you can't do. If you don't give up, you know, if you don't if you don't throw in the towel. Yep. If you just turn your life to me, I'll uh, I'll repair all you've lost. I'll give back what the worm has eaten. And uh and I'll bless you beyond your wildest imagination. And that night, man, right at that moment,
1: hope. Came and you knew back. that you knew that was God because you I grew knew up at the church. Right. Yeah. I mean, you've you, I mean, you knew that there was a God and He existed.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, from an early age, man, I was I was eight years old. We were barely church attenders, and I yeah. told my parents I'm going to get baptized. They said, "Why do you want to do that?" I said, "Because Jesus wants me to." Yeah. I I believe I, I, tr- I believe from very early on, <laughs> but I walked away from you yeah. know, God and like a lot of people listening yeah, squandered it, you know. Yep. But when He told me that, man, He said, "If you don't quit, I'll do what you can't do." I knew I I had faith. God gifted me with faith, man, and I I knew God was going to do something. And um and that night, you know, I wish I could say it was a black and white radical conversion. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a Damascus Road experience. Mm-hmm. It was the beginning of, beginning of a process, you know. And I started taking steps towards Jesus, and uh, and he began to work in my life. Um. It wasn't long after that. I, I did go back into boxing and, and, you know, eventually earned a number five world ranking, uh, three championship belts, um, uh, appearance on the reality show The Contender in 2006. And, Sick. And uh, so God did a great thing there. And uh, pretty soon after that, he began to work on Amy's heart. And, you know, the girl that had given up and um, and thrown in the towel on our marriage came back into my life. We got remarried. Uh, April will be, uh, 18 years remarried now. Congratulations. Yeah. Amazing. And, uh, and he gave us those kids how
1: so we got, we got those Maddie. kids. Wait, how many <laughs> got? We got four. one out there.
2: Yeah. One's out there, but yeah, we got Maddie, Abby, Gabby, and Addie. No, are you kidding me? Yeah, the dude.
1: names. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, so you got four girls and they all sound the same, right? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I got triplets. You too, yeah. You know yeah. what they're called? They're real names? Uh, oh. Evelyn, Lillian, and Sadie Lynn. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Wait, Why don't we do this to ourselves? I don't know. I don't know. Man, that's sick, man. Yeah, but man you know. So wait, 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 hold on really yeah. quick. So how, so how old are they? What's the This age? is my
2: 15 year old Abby. Okay. And then I've got an 18 year old Maddie. Okay. And then 12 uh, year old Gabby and 10 year old Addie. Dude, that is so awesome.
1: It's actually Madeline, Abigail, Gabriella, Addison. I, I gotta get on your Instagram. It's it's Ebo Elder. I need to I need to go through and stalk you and I want to see them all. Yeah, I, I did, didn't know you have four. I just I saw a daughter. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. I got four, man. Just like a uh,
2: Philip, the uh, evangelist. He had four wow. prophetess daughters. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> okay. So you got married, you had these beautiful daughters, and then you got caught up cause we have about 20 minutes left. You got, yeah. you were, you were in full-time ministry. I want, I wanted to really talk about this because yeah. obviously we're pointing everyone to your book, The Great Comeback, which is going to have yeah. the extended version. But I think it's crucial that we do talk about this moment in ministry. Yeah. Um. Because this is a this is a big deal.
2: Yeah. You know, you know, the book, man, the book is going to show people that they can come back from depression. They can come back from near suicide. They can come back from divorce. That, you know, God, they can come back. They look to Jesus. man. they can come back from anything, anything. Nothing's too much. You're never too far gone. Look, if, if God can save a guy like me. Forty to the head with the <laughs> Glock about to pull the trigger. Yeah. He can save anybody. Yep. And uh, and that's what this bu- book is going to show people and, and be a great encouragement and a great give people a great hope. um. But, you know, so we, we we're we in boxing. Me and Amy get back together. We get remarried. Uh, I didn't give my life totally surrender my life to the Lord until a couple of years later into 2003. God called me right after that back into boxing, January 2004. Ten months later, I'm the number five ranked lightweight in the world. Crazy stuff, That's right? Amazing. For a guy that grew up on a gravel road in Palmetto, Georgia, right? A little white runt, right? You know, doing that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, sick. yeah, it's crazy. But it's the way God works. Yeah. But, you know, I and then a few years later, my wife surrendered her life to the Lord. And, you know, and then into, you know, we go on a reality show in 2006, and life is just going 200 miles an hour. What people don't realize is we came into this remarriage with a ton of baggage. And it was never addressed biblically or ministered to. We right. were never—I mean, we had deep wounds that were just, you know, that wrecked us. Yeah. And neither one of us ever addressed them because our life was going so fast that they never had time to surface. Like, by the time they started to surface and problems arose, we were moving somewhere else. We were off on another adventure. We were signing another boxing contract or going to another church to speak. Or You know, it just got crazy. Yeah. And, um— you know, you so you fast forward um, from 2007 to 2017, ten years later. Wow! You know, this this machine gets going. It's like a snowball, and you know you can lose track really, really easily. And what I did, man, I started to forget John 15:5. You know, I'm the vine, you're the branch. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you
1: can do nothing. I forgot. That if I wasn't him.
2: intimately connected to Jesus, yeah. nothing else mattered.
1: So you were just basically busy out doing ministry, but not spending that time. With the Lord. In the Word, yeah. studying, going through, through, through CDs or, or whatever, like yeah. audio, and just like spending that time listening.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and just growing to know the Lord better. You know, we never reach a finish line in this life, you know, and and I, I just, I got so caught up in the busyness of life and the busyness of ministry and and problems in my marriage, and you know, we had moved to Knoxville, and life began to slow down for the first time in in years. And when it slowed down, problems began to surface. And as problems began to surface in my marriage, my relationship with the Lord began to wane, and it began to I began to drift away from the Lord. And and you know, um, so things just started to fall apart, man. And, and um, about two years ago, I knew. Uh, a lot of things took place, but but it came down to this: I had to take some time away from ministry, and I had to um, just refocus my relationship with the Lord. You know, I, I had um I had left my first love, like the Church of Ephesus. You know, I, I I drifted, and and it cost me in every area of my life: my my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my wife, and uh, and you know I needed a great comeback.
1: You know. Yeah, you did.
2: And, um, so I stepped out of ministry, no more travel, um, um, no more serving on staff at Calvary Knoxville. And, uh, it was a hard season, man. I went from one week, you know, speaking to a a congregation of a thousand people Mm and the, the, (laughs) the glamor that comes with that, you know, and that was, that was a mind, you know, just, it was an unhealthy mindset, but I, I left that platform a week later, I'm digging footings by hand for a construction contractor that hated my guts yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh the lord hey the great thing is man the lord used that to to humble me yeah and to break me you know there's there's blessedness and brokenness and and i i had uh i had like allowed pride to creep in and uh and i had drifted from the lord so anyway uh about a year of being out of ministry and really focusing on we, me and my wife did some intense counseling uh with with a uh, a doctor in in michigan online counseling intense man and it was a tough tough season i mean bro you know my boxing matches youtube ebo elder versus courtney burton i had a broken jaw bleeding kidneys swollen shut eyes that didn't mean that wasn't anything compared to compared to this and um but i tell you man the lord did a great thing um The greatest work in my life
1: took place uh, 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 less than two years ago. So when he, because I want you to talk about this, but so when you disconnected, because there's people now that are listening that are, you know, um, the ministry that you were doing became like an idol, became like a God. Yeah. Um, Jobs can become like your idol or your God or just different relationships and different things. And anything that's in front of a relationship with Jesus Christ it's idolatry. Then it, it's an idolatry, so it's an idol. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a false god that you're, yeah. you're basically worshiping. That's right. So just because someone's not in ministry, this can relate to anyone, that their job is taking up their time, and it's anything that's getting in between their relationship with Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, it, it, anything. Anybody. And, you know, it can even be something good. It can be a gift of God. It can be got something God gave you.
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: can be a great godly wife. And if you put her before your relationship with Jesus... It's gonna cost you, and uh, it's, it's you're not gonna be experiencing God's best for your life. We have to be abiding, remaining in Christ,
1: you know. And uh, so, what what you yeah. did is what we call it is we call it kill the noise. Yeah, you basically killed the noise. You left all the stuff that was going on, seeked God, connected back to the vine. Yeah, and then what did he do?
2: Yeah, man. Um, um,
1: about a year of of
2: of just. Reconnecting with Jesus, man. About a year later, the Lord began real clearly leading us back into ministry. People, I started getting phone calls from pastors and events around the
1: country. And uh, he does that, huh? When he man, in, when he doesn't want you speaking, it the phone sto- the, the phone. I've i literally yeah. during that season I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. That season happened, and I like phone calls just stopped. It dried up, man. <laughs> it dried up, and I was like, okay, well,
2: this is your confirmation. Yeah. This is where you want me, you know, digging footings and building houses. Yeah, yeah. And then about a year later, we started getting phone calls. And, you know, me and my wife are in a really healthy place. And, you know, the end of 2017 was a very transitional moment. Um, I, I I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, Stuart Migdon, a good friend of mine, talking to him and just sharing with uh, with him. Um, it was a tough time. Me and my wife were still just, it, it got rough, man. It got to the point I thought I was going to lose my wife, my kids, my house, yeah. everything. Yeah, and um, and I'm talking to my buddy Stu, and he go and he says, "Hey man," he said, "Look, Ebo," and, and I thought it was over. I, I I was I was about to bail. My wife was ready to bail, and he said, "Ebo, uh, I believe that although we live in this world, I believe that Jesus is the King. He's he's my King. He's the King of the universe, and I'm His servant. Do you believe that?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Are you sure?" I said, "Yeah, I believe that." He said, "Well, as His servant." It's my responsibility to do whatever brings him glory and honor. Do you believe that? I said, yeah. He said, well, what I believe is right now you need to man up. You need to man up (laughs) and love your wife as as Jesus loves you the same way, unconditionally, selflessly, sacrificially. Love her and, and be the man of the house. Be a godly father and a godly husband. And, um. And, and, and don't give up and, and honor him and, and and I began to get this it's, a, it's what I call it kingship theology okay but I only do what brings my king Jesus glory only right. what brings Let's him go. honor. not what feels right, not what makes sense with my understanding of things not what I, I want to do necessarily, but I do what brings Jesus glory perfect. And when I began living under that that theology it changed my life. Changed our marriage, changed everything connected to it. And um, so we get back into ministry. God starts blessing it. The last year and a half of ministry has just been incredible. Fruit bearing. My marriage is at a place. Look, I want to encourage anybody listening tonight. My marriage is at a place today after being, you know, married, divorced, remarried almost 18 years. All the things that have happened in our relationship, man, we've been down and out. And I can tell you there have been times where I, 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 we've both said there's no way we can ever be happy together. We can never yeah. love each other again. We can never get beyond this. And I can honestly tell you today, me and me and my wife love each other today more than we ever have. That's Since, amazing. We, since we were 15 years old, since we were in elementary school together. We love each other more now, and we have a more uh, blessed marriage than we've ever had. It's Incredible, amazing. yeah. It gives us all hope, right? Yeah, everybody
1: 100%, can 100%, yeah, dude. That is awesome, man. Very encouraging, Ebo Elder. Okay, so check it out. Let's plug your book because people need to get this thing. It's called The Great Comeback. When and how can they get it? Yes, yeah,
2: so and right now it's available for pre order at our website, eboelder.com. That's E-B-O-E-L-D-E-R.com. They can go there, pre order it. Um I can't give a date that it's gonna be ready, but I can tell you this, anybody that pre-orders can also be a part of the launch team and uh, you're gonna get a free audio book you're, you're gonna you you're gonna get I think we're gonna be able to send you chapters as they're completed and ready. Um, this book, like I say, man, uh, it, it's taken the better part of 10 years and been the hardest thing I've ever done. But we want this book to be done extremely well. We want it to be the best it can be for Jesus because Jesus deserves the best we have to offer. 100%. And I almost released it in January, almost pulled the trigger on the printers to start printing. And we decided uh, through some my counsel in this and some other people, and we decided to, to go back to the drawing board. Uh, we hired a, um, a New York Times bestselling author. He's written over 100 New York Times books, best-selling books. Awesome um published 4 million words and a 1000 articles in the New York Times. This guys
1: working with us now to kind of overhaul it and just make it the best it can be. It's going to be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. It's going to be amazing. What um what are, what are a couple other things people should be looking out for in the book?
2: Other yeah. subjects. Yeah, you know, it uh, I I talk a lot about boxing and how God instructed me through boxing matches uh, of his words. So there's a lot of the word of God in it. Yeah. Um there's stories about ministry experiences that are just some of them are just amazing. Some are just comical. You know, running into <laughs> Kevin Bacon and you know, funny story in the in the LAX airport there with Kevin Bacon and and a, a guy that I thought was um um what's the singer the old singer for uh, Brett Michaels I thought it was Brett Michaels. No, to the Lord. Ended up it was a Brett Michaels tribute band. No, it, fun, was man. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> just this crazy stuff, man. Like, so I mean, look. I, I can promise you this book isn't just for athletes. It's not just for people in ministry. This book, honestly, uh, my story at, at churches, I find women are the most impacted for whatever reason. And so this is a great book for women, men, Boys, girls, teenagers, college students, it will
1: impact anybody that reads it. I guarantee you. Well, they we got to order it. So where are you at now? Where are you staying? What, are you yeah. out in, uh, where, where in where Knoxville? You living? Yeah, living in, in, in uh, okay. East Tennessee, man. Redneck, Billy country. Okay, so how far is that from uh, Nashville? How
2: about three hours oh, east. About three hours?
1: Yeah. We're going to be out there in Nashville. I'm going to come see you. You should bring man. your girls to come party. We're doing a party out there um, on, uh, what is it, uh, May 10th. Um, we're doing an outreach in Nashville. Okay. And it's for all high school and middle school students. Dude, if I'm in town, I'm down, man. It's yes, awesome. that will be yeah. sick. Tell your tell your group over there, whoever wants to come out. Bring a crew. It's gonna be it's gonna be on, man. So that is awesome. So are you chewing around speaking? people just go to your website or contact you to your, your... Yeah.
2: Yeah, they can contact us through the website. You know, I, I'm actually in town. I'll be at a uh, New Venture Christian Fellowship in San Diego in the morning for both services there. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, God's really, man, he's just opening doors, you know, getting a lot of ministry opportunity, a lot of men's stuff, a lot of Sunday morning services, a lot of youth stuff. Uh and man, you know, I'm seeing God reward my dependency upon him. You know, it's a genuine look, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. Blessed are the people that don't believe in themselves. Yeah. <laughs> essentially what that means.
1: Yeah.
2: We believe that we 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 can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, not not ourselves. And i have just uh, seeing God really bless brokenness and humility before Him. So yeah, yeah traveling and speaking, man, evangelism, Bible teaching, you do and um, yeah. and love it, man. And and you know, not not just behind the pulpit either, man. In the streets, yeah. You know, doing.
1: <laughs> you're you're the real deal. I know you. I, I've hung out with you. You're uh, you're level headed and you're going for it. And that's that's what we need, man. We need just people that are just uh, that love God, that head to the cross every day. Yeah. They're poor in spirit. You're right. You know, that's funny when you said that. My 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 grandma gave me that verse when I was, uh I don't even know, six or seven years old. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It's, it's cool the way you just broke it down because that really just hit me because, yeah, it's not about, you can't get caught up in the ministry. You can't get caught up in like what you're a part of. You can't get caught up because God could take that all away. Clearly what we heard your and story. And he will. And he will very yeah. quickly. He doesn't need you. Yeah. He doesn't need me. He's in the business of getting ordinary men and doing extraordinary things with them, yeah. and there's a there's a million, billions of you know ordinary men that he can use and women, yeah. and uh, it all comes down to that that need for him. Knowing we can't do anything without Christ, and we need to be um, filled with the Spirit and yeah. just deny self every single day, and always be connected to the vine. That's we right. have to always be connected to him. And that's the as we're connected, that's when he pours out that spirit, the Holy Spirit, the towards the living water yeah. into our life. And that is the power that's, right. that's in us, that works in us and through us um, to reach people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm
2: convinced that God is much more concerned with conforming me to his image and me being dependent upon him and, and in sync within him and relationship with him than he is my comfort. Yeah, my, my comfort, you know, God, God has a work to do in my life and through my life. And he's not interested in making me comfortable in the process. Mm-mm. I can make it difficult if I want to, or I can just yield to Jesus, man. I can say, Lord, so not much my easier, will, huh? your will be done. And, and then it's
1: a really f- blessed process. It's easy, man. We have we have about two minutes left, but I, I want to hit that thy will be done. You know, the prayer that I like to say to God is just like. I always say, "Not my will, your, my, not my will, your will." And I do mean that. I'm just like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah. Like I really don't have, a, I don't have an agenda. I just know that like God's put this desire to reach people. So I'm just like, wherever you want me to go, yeah. I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I have no agenda. I just have this burning desire to go out, and I just know when we show up and we speak the truth, the good news, the gospel, people are getting saved. But every day. Not my will, thy will be done, God. Your yeah. will. Uh, yeah, that's that's the battle, man. Battling our
2: tendency to to want our will, to want what we want in the flesh, you know, and just battle, you know, murdering the flesh. Yep. What is what it's about. I love that. And uh in Romans, mortify Jesus the
1: flesh. flesh. I yeah. love it. Dude, that's, that's it. all we gotta do, man. You, and so I, that's a verse that uh that, I know. oh you know that okay. i love it i was gonna say because no one ever knows that verse because it's only in the king james that's right but mortify, man I, actually i was listening to papa chuck the other day and he was in romans Mortify. and there's a couple other mortifies in there that i was like that's a good verse too so i gotta i gotta look that up good stuff man we got two minutes that oh i thought we already had two minutes but um okay that's sick man well um so now what's what's up with your daughters what's uh what's their deal
2: yeah, man, I, I've got great daughters. You know, the Lord's blessed me, and you know, that's what I try to tell people a lot. You know, we have this this culture that feels like God is wanting to take the fun out of life and yeah. give you rules, and you got you have to. F- and certainly, there are there are parameters to life that God gives us, but it's just to bless us and, and to uh, instruct us to bring Him glory. Yeah, you know, God, man, He's blessed me with my awesome daughters and an awesome wife more than. I could ever imagine and and, you know and it's grace because I deserve death and hell that's Mm -hmm. what I deserve Mm -hmm. believe me I don't want what I deserve yeah I want the grace of God (laughs) and uh and and, he pours his grace out his compassion is brand new every day man and I need it and you know here's the thing so Jesus he, he called the religious leaders of his day hypocrites the word in the original language means an actor. They were actors. They acted religious. They acted all holier than thou, but inside they were full of full of some pretty wretched stuff. Yep. And the and the truth is, we just have to be real. We have to be real with one another, real with Jesus. Look, I know that that Ebo is a wretched dude, but in Christ, I'm a new creation, man. Boom. You know, yep. he renewed. he renew regenerates me. I'm a new creation in him. And you know, I I have sinned. But I'm not a sinner. I'm a new creation in Christ, man. I get to walk in a newness
1: of life, as Paul would say. And that's for all of you guys that are listening. This is the end. Walk into that. Be forgiven. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Start living that life that you were created for. Thank you, Ebo, for being on the yeah, show. Great being on the show, man. Thank you, brother.
0: This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.